0: Hey, faithful listener! Welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners, and happy Wednesday! Today we are in the last chapter of Joshua, which is very funny because yesterday we are in the last chapter of John. So we are going to be. Moving into the book of Acts actually tomorrow when I do my New Testament episodes, because don't forget on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode and then Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I do an Old Testament episode. But we're going to be finishing up the book of Joshua today and on Friday and then moving into the book of Judges on Monday. So I'm super excited for both of those books coming up, especially the book of Judges, because Judges is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and I think you'll soon understand why. <laughs> so let's read Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through 15. This is one of the most famous portions, I think, of Joshua, with one of the most famous verses, I think, of all time. In fact, it's so famous that I have it hanging in My Entryway, this particular verse that we are going to discuss today. So let's read Joshua chapter 24, 1 through 15. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. as usual. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, Yahweh, the God of Israel, says, Your fathers lived of old time beyond the river, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor. They served other gods. I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his offspring, and gave him Isaac. I gave to Isaac Jacob and Esau. I gave to Esau Mount Seir to possess it. Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses and Aaron and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came to the sea. The Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and with horsemen to the Red Sea. When they cried out to Yahweh, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea on them, and covered them, and your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. You lived in the wilderness many days. I brought you into the land of the Amorites, that lived beyond the Jordan. They fought with you. I gave them into your hand. You possessed their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel, he sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. You went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. The men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivite, and the Jebusites. And I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, from even the two kings of the Amorites, not with your sword, nor with your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored, and cities which you did not build, and you live in them. You eat of vineyards and olive groves, which you did not plant. Now therefore fear Yahweh, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt, and serve Yahweh. If it seems evil to you to serve Yahweh, choose today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh." This is one of the reasons I actually believe that free will exists, because Joshua himself tells the people to choose today who they will serve. If free will didn't exist, how could we have a choice? So I do believe that free will is given to us by God, and we have the choice to choose God or to choose to not serve God, basically. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I am also not a Calvinist, which I have gone into in the past, but I'm also not Arminian either. (laughs) I did a whole YouTube episode about that, why I'm neither a Calvinist nor am I Arminian. I just think that God's plan is so big and so grand, we can't really understand it completely. But anyway, Joshua 24, to start out, Joshua is getting very, very old as we Discovered in the last chapter he's basically like hundred and ten years old at this point and about to die So he's giving his last and final farewells to everybody first He said goodbye to all the elders and the princes and the heads of all of Israel in the last chapter And now he's speaking his last and final sermon I guess to the entire Israelite nation So it says that Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel And so they all presented themselves before God. And so Joshua said to all of the people, Yahweh, the God of Israel says. So this means that Joshua was speaking prophetically about everything that God had told him. He starts out by saying, your fathers lived of old time beyond the river, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor. They served other gods. So... Joshua starts at the very beginning, basically, of the Israelite nation, which is Abraham. So Abraham, his father was this guy named Terah. And Terah and all of Terah's sons, including Abraham, worshipped other gods, is what Joshua says here. They worshipped and served other gods. But God took Abraham from beyond the river and led him throughout the land of Canaan. So if you remember the story God spoke directly to Abraham, saying to him, Leave your father's house and go into the Canaanite region and become a foreigner there. And the reason why Abraham was so highly favored with God was because Abraham actually believed God. Abraham decided to leave all of these other gods behind. He left the comfort of his rich family behind. And he listened to God's voice and went out into the wilderness and into the land of Canaan and lived as a foreigner with all of these Canaanites. Not quite sure exactly what God was calling him to do. Now, this is a very tough thing to do. I've actually heard (laughs) people before saying that they are scared that God is going to make them become a missionary to like another country. But that's basically what God called Abraham to do, if you think about it. Abraham was supposed to literally leave the comfort and riches of his father's house to become a foreigner in a strange land, basically. This would have been a very tough thing to do. And yet Abraham, because he believed in God, was considered to be a righteous person, even though Abraham lived well before the law even existed. Abraham's heart was for God, and so he was a righteous person. So God takes Abraham away from his comfort. Abraham chooses to go and decides to go. And so God blesses Abraham greatly because of Abraham's faith. And God says to Abraham, I am going to bless you abundantly. See all this land that you're in right now. I'm going to give it to your descendants one day. And at this point in time, Abraham was super old, but yet God did a miracle for Abraham and his wife, Sarah, and gave them a son in their very old age. I'm pretty sure like Abraham was, was he 90 or 100? Something like that. And Sarah was also very old as well. (laughs) She was 10 years younger than her husband. I do remember that. But they were very old. And yet God still blessed them with a baby boy named Isaac. And then Isaac grew up and God gave Isaac two sons, Jacob and Esau. Now, we know that Jacob was loved greatly by God, but Esau rejected the ways of God. God still blessed Esau because here's what it says. I gave to Esau Mount Seir to possess it. And Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. So God did give Esau, even though Esau rejected God, he gave Esau still an inheritance of land. And we know that the Edomites were actually descendants from Esau. So the Edomites were actually the enemies of the Hebrews for for a very, very long time, even though they were very close relatives. But anyway, God gives Esau Mount Seir to possess it. Esau makes the Edomite clan, and then Jacob and his children went down into Egypt to escape the famine. And that's when they start to thrive in Egypt. But then once they begin to thrive, the Egyptians puts the Hebrews into forced slavery. So then it says in verse five, God is still speaking here. I sent Moses and Aaron and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you all out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt. So God heard the cries of the Hebrews that were in forced slavery in Egypt, and he brought them out of this slavery in a very miraculous way. And plus, he parted the Red Sea for the Israelites to actually cross as well. So God is reminding the Israelites of all of these wonderful miracles that he did for them. And then he says, I brought you into the land of the Amorites that lived beyond the Jordan. They fought with you. I gave them into your hand and you possessed their land. So that was like one of the first battles the Israelites had when they were in the wilderness. This this king of the Amorites came out and fought against Israel for no reason other than they the Amorites just didn't like the Hebrews being nearby. And so God delivered that king and all of that land to the Israelites. And the Israelites were able to live in that region. And that's actually where the um, two and a half tribes ended up living, was in that land that they took from the Amorites, basically. So they fought with you. I gave them into your hand. You possess their land and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. So you remember that entire story? That was like four chapters long, I think, in the book of Numbers about all of that that happened. This Moabite king, which, by the way, the Moabites, I think, were also a very close relative to the Israelites, except they were with Abraham's other son, the son that he didn't have with Sarah. But anyway, the the king of Moab did not like the Israelites, very scared of them, didn't want them nearby. They were afraid that the Israelites were going to attack. So the king of Moab uh, finds this guy named Balaam. <laughs> and Balaam was a very strange person who was able to commune with Yahweh and was like a prophet. But he was a prophet that was up to no good. And so he was ordered basically by this Moabite king to curse the Israelites. And then the Moabite king would give balaam money and so balaam was very greedy and he knew that the moabite king would give him a lot of money if he cursed the israelites even though balaam knew that it was very bad for him to curse the israelites because it was not in god's will so balaam tries very very hard (laughs) to curse the israelites but is literally unable to and god speaks through balaam basically blessing the Israelites to the Moabite king. The Moabite king, of course, got very, very angry, but God reminds the Israelites of how he protected them at that point in time as well. He says, I delivered you out of the king of Moabite's hand. So then they went over the Jordan. They came to Jericho. That's all talked about in the book of Joshua, which we have discussed. The men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites, the Perizzite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Gershite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, All fought against Israel, but God gave the Israelites victory over all of these people. It says in verse 12, I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out. Even the two kings of the Amorites, not with your sword, nor with your bow. So this is a story that's actually not mentioned. At some point in time, God did another miracle where he sent hornets. Like a plague of hornets is what it sounds like to actually get rid of the people to like drive them out of the land so that the Israelites could easily take it is what it sounds like. And it's not mentioned in the book of Joshua anywhere, but Moses actually prophesied years before all of this, that God would in fact do that. And so even though the story itself is not written down, Joshua is reminding the people that God did in fact do that. He did in fact send hornets at some point in time, like a plague of them to allow the Israelites to easily take the land. So that's an interesting little thing that's that's put in here that we didn't read about. But here's what it says in verse 13. God says, I gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities which you didn't build and you live in them. You eat of the vineyards and the olive groves which you didn't plant. So this is very important that God says this to the to the Israelites, especially with what he's about to say next. He's about to tell the Israelites, do not worship other gods. Do not worship any of the Canaanite gods, the gods of the people that I literally got rid of for you. God is saying, it's a very bad idea to worship these other gods when clearly I have done so much for you to prove to you that I am Yahweh, that I am God. Don't go worshiping these fake gods. Just worship me. And so now Joshua is talking here in verse 14. Therefore, Israelites, fear Yahweh, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served beyond the river in Egypt and serve Yahweh. So the Israelites still had, still had some of their gods from Egypt. Isn't that interesting? And Joshua is saying, get rid of those gods that your fathers in Egypt used to serve. Get rid of them completely. They shouldn't even be in your house. Instead, serve Yahweh fully. Be totally devoted to the God who truly helped you. Those Egyptian gods that your dads used to serve in Egypt didn't help you get out of Egypt. So why are you still holding on to these things? Look at what God has done for you throughout the years. Look at all these miracles that happened. Look how he parted the Jordan River and the Red Sea and how he sent the hornet and how he drove out all these people and he's made the sun stand still in the sky. Like, look at all of these things that God did for you. Don't serve these other Egyptian gods. And this is Joshua speaking. He says, if it seems evil to you to serve Yahweh, choose today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were beyond the river, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. And that's the, uh, that's the verse that I have hanging up in my entryway. It says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's very pretty. It's, it's Amish made. I got it in Amish country. And I'm like, this is very, very nice. And I, it was one of the very first things I bought too when my husband and I were first married. And uh, I thought that I was just so fancy having this beautiful Amish made picture. <laughs> it's very nice. But anyway, very, very famous verse. But Joshua is saying, Choose today who you will serve. And why is that important? Because when you make a solid choice to do something, you will do it. You can't sit on the fence, especially when it comes to God. You have to choose a side. Either you worship God completely or you worship something else. There is no in between. You can't serve God and something else as well. You have to serve God fully and completely, because that's the only way you're ever going to truly be right with God is if you choose to serve him, if you choose to believe in Jesus and the sacrifice that Jesus gave you, and if you choose to serve the loving father that cares so deeply about you. And that's what God is reminding the Israelites of right here. He's reminding them, I care about you. I love you. I did all these things for you. I care so deeply about you that I'm sending you into a beautiful, promised land where you're going to have your every need taken care of. I care about you and I love you. And I've shown you these miracles to show you how much I care and love you. So choose who you will serve, the God who loves you or the fake gods who don't love you, who don't care about you. Choose today who you will serve. Faithful listeners, I have a brand new YouTube video up that is linked in the description of this podcast episode. And actually, I have a lot of exciting things happening right now. For example, my devotional Out of the Mire is available on version now. And the devotional actually also has me narrating it. So you can click the little play button, I think, at the bottom of it and it will narrate the entire devotional for you over on version. So that is available for you as well, especially if you wanted to check out Out of the Mire and haven't gotten a chance to. The condensed version is on version. Friends and faithful listeners, I hope to see you tomorrow for the first episode of the Book of Acts. Until then, happy listening and God bless.